All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, speaking to you from New York City on August 14th, 2018. Uh, I do want to remind you I'm the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, and you can subscribe to that letter. My weekly newsletter followed up with a monthly that is a summary of the weekly, the best of the weeklies. Go to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com, or call our office in New York during normal work hours, 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426. And I'd like to remind you also that uh, I am a, a, I'm very much behind Chen Lin and his newsletter, chenpicks.com, chenpicks.com. Uh, Chen has done exceptionally well for his subscribers and for his family as an investor. He passes on some of his great ideas. He's been especially astute in the biotech space, but also follows a lot of gold mining companies as well. And Chen is back in town after a prolonged vacation through Europe with his family. Uh, And so uh, we're looking forward to talking to Chen sometime soon on this show as well. I want to thank each of you for listening to the show. Continue sending along your questions, comments, criticisms, and praises. We'd like to know what you think about our guests and their ideas, uh, including Michael Oliver. I know most of you are big fans of Michael, and he's going to be with me in a few minutes to give us his latest take on the gold markets. We uh, also need to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Our sponsors this week are in Resources, Bonterra Resources, Genesis Metals Corp., Klondike Gold, Novo Resources, and Great Bear Resources. And today we will hear from Chris Taylor of Great Bear Resources as he explains the very impressive exploration results being made uh, on, on his company's project in the uh, prolific gold-bearing region of Red Lake in Ontario. Uh, next week, Dr. Quentin Henning will be with me uh, to provide an update on Novo Resources, uh, their project at Comet Wells, and their project that in that's their project in Western Australia. Last year, about this time, the stock was taking off like a rocket. More recently, it has been treading sideways, and it's either side of three dollars in U.S. money. Well, hopefully, Quentin will be able to give us some idea about what is going on. It's been a very quiet period. Those of us who own the stock would like to uh, are, are anxiously awaiting to hear what. Quentin has to say next week. And two weeks from now, Bonterra Resources is scheduled to be on my show to update us on that company's ongoing exploration results on what looks to be a multi-million ounce high-grade gold deposit in Quebec. Now, Bonterra is expected to soon acquire Metanor Resources. That's another company in my newsletter that is uh, that occupies is actually developing a high-grade deposit in Quebec, but it has its own operating mill. And so the synergies look very strong, bringing these two companies together. Ultimately, I believe that both companies are likely to be acquired by Kirkland Lake Gold. And I say that 
simply on the basis of the fact that both of those companies have a considerable amount of uh, their shares are held by uh, by Kirkland Lake and by Kirkland's uh, chairman. Should also like to mention today that another sponsor to our show, uh, Klondike Gold, put out a press release and announcing an acceleration of its 2018 drill program that will increase the program by about 4,000 meters to 9,000 meters. The reason for the acceleration uh, is ongoing positive news of widespread disseminated gold beyond the higher grade quartz veins that has uh, been the focus of exploration over the past 120 years or so on the property. Well, also, management is now reassaying a large number of drill core samples that were never assayed in the past because people simply weren't looking for that disseminated gold. So this is a story that I think not many people are paying attention to, uh, but I think that will prove to be a mistake. I'm really very bullish uh, on Klondike Gold and look forward to what uh, Peter Talman has to say next time he's on my show. But if you'd like to catch up with his latest work and latest exploration efforts, you can listen to his last interview with me on the July 24th show if you go to jtaylormedia.com. I've titled today's show An Emerging Modern Day Gold Standard. Andrew McGuire explains. Andrew McGuire, Chris Taylor, and Michael Oliver are with me this week. Making unsecured loans into an increasingly vulnerable liability-based fiat banking system is unwise. Yet 99% of the population is unaware that that is exactly what they are doing when they leave their money in a bank, in a checking account. Liquidating your unsecured loans to your bank and using the proceeds to buy assets that you hold in your own possession is what this show advocates weekly. But is it possible to exit from the increasingly dangerous, vulnerable banking system by exchanging your fiat money for gold outside of the banking system to pay your bills and enjoy a yield at the same time? I believe Andrew McGuire uh, is suggesting the answer to that is yes, and so we do want to hear what he has to say about a new blockchain-slash-gold-related product named Kinesis. Uh, Kinesis. Uh, Chris, uh, as I said, uh, Chris Taylor will uh, update us on a very exciting emerging gold project that he's involved with in the Red Lake District at Great Bear Resources. But right now, I'm really happy to tell you that Michael Oliver is with me once again to talk about gold and other related markets. And thank you for joining me again, Michael. Hi, Jay. Good to be back. Really good to have you back. Um, I should tell our listeners before we go any further, it's OliverMSA.com, OliverMSA.com to catch up with Michael and all that he's doing. Well, Michael, the last week you suggested that you would like to see gold actually get taken down to below $1,200, which you thought it needed to do before we had a significant rally to the upside. Now that has happened. Today I saw before the show a little while ago it was about 1194 on the cash market anyway, I think 1200 a little over 1200 in the December futures. But what are your thoughts now that gold has really gotten the shellacking? Well, I put out the uh, a report yesterday basically saying that uh, – this is it. We are. We've achieved the. We got down to the three-year average, which is twelve oh two ninety. Haven't seen it in a year and a half or so. Uh, it's a rising average now, by the way. Uh, to we got the twelve hundred. Now, what does that do? Well, if you keep a point and figure chart, and those are the X and O charts, folks, not the bar charts. Uh, point and figure charts often reveal different pictures or images of a market's price action than will a bar chart of price. And, of course, we, we watch momentum uh, as a dominant feature, but I also look at point-and-figure charts. Uh, the recent low we had that we just made at 1,200, by dropping below 1,236.50, we took out the prior 
reaction low, which was last December. In other words, if you go back to the bear low at 1050 in late 2015, and you circle all the reaction lows since that point in time, they were all ascending. Every time the market would pull back, it would make a higher low. When I say pull back, I mean a three-month process or more. Each low was higher. There were four of them. Now, markets don't do that forever. You don't just keep rising the ladder. You have to occasionally go down and take out some prior low within the, quote, uptrend in order to clean it out occasionally. If you get too heavily laden with, with, with longs, you stop them out by doing what? Taking out some prior low. Same is true in a, in a, a bear market. You don't just keep zigzagging down forever. There's a, usually a rally somewhere that, that throws the bears out, like in the 2008 collapse, for example. There were mm-hmm. hellacious rallies during that stock market collapse, mm-hmm. uh, and some of which were quite intimidating on price charts. Uh, and, and there's a purpose for that, and that is to clean the market out, to test to see if it can go that new direction. And when it proves it can't, it then returns to the new trend, which in our case, gold has been a bull trend since early 2016, in our view. Now, what's been going on, though, on, when I looked out at monthly momentum, and that's when I measure things against a three-month moving average. It's called intermediate trend. It's not long-term. These, those trends tend to last, oh, four, five, six months sometimes. And they could be counter-trend moves. Well, if you look at what's happened this year, stocks, the S&P peaked in January, but basically made its low very rapidly in February, about mid-February. So since mid-February, the S&P has been crawling its way back up toward its highs in an excruciating amount of time and labor with a lot of up and down zigzags. The dollar, the dollar has gone from a a low that uh, was in the 88.5 area, the dollar index, and has over an excruciating number of months gotten up to about 96 plus now, which is a eh, a little shade more than 50% back to the high that it made in 2000, late 16, early 17. Counter trend rally in our estimate. S&P rally, we think, is a counter-trend rally. We think that February break did serious damage to long-term momentum, and the rally is allowed, but it is counter-trend. Gold, we think the long-term trend is up, but the recent, since the January-February peaks this year, which were both above 1350, we finally got a downtick on the point-and-figure charts to 1200, which allows you to put three down circles, sort of $50 by three-block reversal point-and-figure. So what? Well, when you look at the point and figure chart, it didn't take out any prior low. Mm-hmm. It only did it on the bar chart. And mm-hmm. in the process of putting the down ticks on the point and figure chart, you set up a dual set of highs at 1350. So a point and figure guy looking at his chart says, oh my goodness, we have a potential now for a triple top breakout by having the down ticks occur. But you can't set the triple top breakout up, meaning go above 1350, without mm-hmm. having the 50 by 3 pullbacks. Okay. So from a point and figure guy, it's a positive pullback from a price point of view. Oh, my gosh, it looks, looks terrible. I go with the point and figure guy. Momentum says it's old on the downside, and I think if the bears don't tear this thing up right away and it starts to move $10, $20 off this low, I think you've seen your low. And I think that needs to occur, by the way, in the next week or two. And okay. my suspicion is it will. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. Well, today, of course, uh, it's sort of meandering around uh, – how did you term it before we came on? It's a like a inside day. It's slightly up for the day. It'll settle up several dollars, but it's inside yesterday's big down day, and so it's a little tiny little question mark day. Whereas mm-hmm. after a big down day, you produce this nothing day, which is an indication of some doubt. 
So we'll okay, let's say let's say the Bears do have some strength left in them, and they're able to knock this thing a little lower yet. Uh, what sort of number would you need to see right now at this point in time? What sort of number would you need to see on the downside to cause you to go neutral? Eleven seventy-five. Eleven seventy-five. Okay. Spot goal. All right. Yeah. Uh, I put that out in the report yesterday, but uh, Mm -hmm. I suspect if they don't get that done right away, like in the next few days, instead, if we grind to a halt here and start flipping up $10, $15 or so from this low, uh, you're in the process of the turn. So it's not the time to sell out of your gold stocks and your gold uh, gold bullion, not the time to give up and and go to the dollar full-fledged, I guess? No, not if you're a long-term investor. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. There certainly are very interesting markets. And uh, uh, Michael, what I appreciate is you're giving us an objective view based on what the markets are telling you, not on what you think should happen. So many of us, include yours truly included, uh, we have a predetermined notion of what should happen in the markets, but they rarely do happen the way, or at least the time one thinks they should happen. So uh, it's better to go with the reality, and uh, that's why I appreciate your work so much. Michael, thanks so much for being with us and uh, look to do it again. And again, folks, it's OliverMSA.com, OliverMSA.com. Do yourself a favor considering subscribing to Michael's excellent work. That's how you can really take advantage. He puts out so much material, so much more than you ever hear uh, on this show. And uh, if you're a serious investor, I think you owe it to yourself to consider subscribing. Well, that is, uh, we do have to go to commercial break now, but don't go away because Chris Taylor, the president of Great Bear Resources, will be with me. That's a company that I cover in my newsletter. It's one uh, whose shares I have purchased from my own account, one I'm very bullish on, so I hope you'll stick around to hear what Chris Taylor has to say. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. A gold rush has begun. Recently, three of the largest gold mining companies announced strategic acquisitions in the Yukon territories. Ahead of them was a group who had already consolidated the key claims covering the historic Klondike gold rush into one company, aptly named Klondike Gold Corps. Led by a team of accomplished geoscientists, the company is steadily advancing exploration to reveal the rich source of all that gold. The hunt for the next major discovery is well underway, and Klondike Gold's shareholders are strategically positioned. Stay ahead of the majors and follow KlondikeGoldCorp.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. 
you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times and Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really glad to have with me Chris Taylor. Chris is the president and director of Great Bear Resources, and he is, uh, his background is academic background uh, in earth sciences and a master's degree in structural geology. Uh, he operates an independent geological consulting firm evaluating uh, exploration and mining properties, and in the past he served as a geologist with Imperial Metals from 2004 to 2009. I've learned to know Chris uh, at, through the Metals Investor Forum, and uh, of course, I've he's been on this show before. Uh, it is a company that I've gotten very excited about for a host of reasons, uh, not the least of which is a, a really impressive, uh, successful drilling campaign. Uh, so, Chris, I'm, I'm really glad you could join me again today. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks very much, Jay. Always a pleasure to provide an update. It's always a pleasure to hear good news, and I think uh, you have plenty of it coming our way, even if the market isn't paying any attention. Your stock is trading around $0.40 cents U.S. Uh, you have a mere, I don't know, 23.5 million shares outstanding. Uh, that's a $9.4 million market cap in U.S. money, a little more than that in your, in your money up there in Canada. Uh, but uh, I should tell our listeners it's GBR in Toronto is the symbol, and you can buy it in the United States as I have under the symbol GTBDF, GTBDF. Uh, so, Chris, I'd like to start out. I know we've had you on the show before, but perhaps uh, tell us what attracted you to the Dixie property to begin with. What, what did you see there that, was, that caused you to be interested in it? Well, it's a bit of a twofold answer, Jay. I mean, uh, with my background in mineral exploration, I have operated projects pretty much all over the world, and uh, mm-hmm. I've seen some very high operational costs at some of those projects. So Red Lake, uh, which is the area that we're working in of Ontario, it's a very safe jurisdiction, uh, so it's not somewhere you have to worry about uh, political parties overthrowing the government. Uh, there's been uh, never any terrorism concerns or really any of the dangers that we deal with in other jurisdictions. But what it really has going for it is a very good track record of gold production. So it's high-grade gold production. Uh, Gold Corp runs the main Red Lake gold mine. Um, There's over 30 million ounces of gold produced uh, in the district. And our property, Dixie Lake, uh, was very appealing to us uh, because it's right off the highway that goes into town. So um, in Canada one of the very popular uh, coffee chains is called Tim Hortons. And we call it a Tim Hortons project because we can pick up our coffee in uh, downtown Red Lake and uh, be at the drill site within about uh, 20 minutes drive. So it's uh, really fantastic and cheap to operate. Um, so that's really what attracted us to the area. All right. And um, you, could you talk a little bit about your drill program this year and what are the objectives of the drill program? Well, our property, uh, it's very interesting in the sense that it's generated uh, very high-grade gold results uh, historically, and that's certainly what we're seeing right now. Um, but what sets it apart a little bit is uh, there's a history of exploration that stems back to Tech Resources, which is one of the major uh, metals producers globally uh, who made mm-hmm. the initial discovery, and a number of juniors that have been involved uh, over the past uh, couple of decades. Um, what we're doing now is a 10,000-meter drill program 
which is pulling together all the historic data and really dramatically expanding on what was known about there before. It's the first time anybody's owned this entire project all under one umbrella, all in Great Bear in this case, and it's the first time that anybody's had it together without any royalties or other overhanging um, issues uh, related to it. So it's a clean project. It's wholly owned by Great Bear. And uh, we're in the midst of this 10,000-meter uh, program, which is probably going to generate by, by the fall an additional 40 or 50 drill holes on top of the 160 or so that were available when we got involved in the property. With that many drill holes, I'm wondering... Uh how far away you might be from coming up with a with a resource, your your uh, maiden resource? That's a very good question. Um, I guess the answer to that is uh, what sort of gold um, amounts you'd be looking at for an initial resource. And mm-hmm. there is no published resource on the project right now. Um, but to sort of answer your other question, you were sort of asking about the size and scale of the system. Well, it's yes. a very big gold system. And, you know, we've recently done some... Uh, dramatic step-outs, like up to a kilometer and a half, uh, which is about a mile away uh, from the area of previous drilling. And we hit the same mineralization again uh, on those step-outs. So um, I think you have to be a little bit careful. Um, When you have a very good project on your hands like this one, and you have a tight chair structure like our company has, I think uh, there's an opportunity to um, very cost-effectively add uh, a lot of drilling to what we know about and make sure that when the company is ready to release a resource to the market, that the resource is, is an attractive uh, number uh, that everybody will appreciate. You've done a uh, one-and-a-half-kilometer step-out, uh, and you hit the same, I guess, the same same rock structure, right? It's the same. You feel that it's continuous. You have to, I suppose, put some holes between that one-and-a-half-kilometer step-out and where you've been drilling more, uh, more extensively. Will you be doing that sometime yeah. in the near future? We will be. Um, There's a number of targets on the project which are known to have gold, uh, but the main one is a geological contact between two different types of rock. I I suppose I'd love to get into that, but really it's not that interesting to a general uh, general investment audience. Uh, But that structure, uh, it continues for about 10 kilometers on our property, so um, it's very big, right? And uh, the project itself is about 20 kilometers long and uh, sort of parallels the main highway into town. So um, you're just over a mile off the road uh, when you drive uh, from, from the highway or on logging roads and you get to our drill sites. Uh, but it's really exploring the, uh, the scope of gold mineralization in that main structural contact and in a number of other zones that are present in that region. Um, as we do the drilling, though, we're identifying uh, all these, this new, uh, new information comes to light, and we end up identifying new targets on top of it, particularly areas along that main contact where we believe, and we've seen in the drilling, uh, these concentrations of high-grade gold mineralization, uh, very similar to what you see in major producing mines in the Red Lake District. Uh, you, I think in your press release, I saw some, uh, some reference to parallel zones, some zones that are running uh, alongside the main zone. Uh, um, are those, uh, are the, how close are they, are these different zones? Are they too far, are they close enough together that you might, they might come into some sort of a mining scenario together, or would they be mined separately? Uh, I know it's too early to know if they'll be mined at all, but uh, just yeah. conceptually at this stage. 
It's a very good question. I mean, uh, there's a number of these zones that we're seeing, and we're getting, uh, when we complete the drilling, and we keep putting this in our news releases, we keep getting parallel zones of mineralization. Some of them are only, you know, meters apart, some tens of meters. I'm sure as we do more work, uh, based on the historic data, some of them are hundreds of meters apart. So um, Mm -hmm. when you look at mining within the Red Lake District, um, over 30 million ounces have been produced. That's all uh, high-grade underground uh, mining. So you're looking for mineralization that's generally uh, two or three meters wide. So these are not mm-hmm. the hundreds of meters of intercepts that you see in like a, a porphyry deposit or, or sediment-hosted sure. deposit. These are generally about two meters wide of good grade, maybe 10 mm-hmm. grams, 15 grams over two meters. And mm-hmm. typically the, the ore zones at these mines extends down uh, for hundreds of meters. In, in particular, uh, one of the mines that we look at very closely is Gold Corp's main Red Lake gold mine. They have something mm-hmm. called the high-grade zone there that we've been looking at for structural parallels and geological parallels at our own project. That zone uh, at the, men, the main Red Lake gold mine, it begins about a kilometer and a half at depth. Uh, what we're seeing with our Dixie project now is very similar mineralization to what they've reported uh, at the high-grade zone, same uh, sort of sort of styles of alteration, uh, some similar geology, and certainly very good grades. Uh, but ours goes right to surface, and that's what's wow. really fascinating. The drilling that we're doing, it's generally very shallow. Uh, we've been putting out results that are uh, as shallow as maybe 20 meters from surface, right? And uh, a lot of the drilling that we've done, about the deepest of it is about 150 meters. There are some historic holes that show that it goes down to about four to 500 meters vertical depth. But in this district, the zones can uh, typically extend or the mineralized systems extend for up to, you know, over two kilometers of depth. They, they tend mm-hmm. to have very significant break extent. Yeah. Well, I guess as long as you can keep going uh, near surface and, and uh, stepping out and coming up with uh, high-grade mineralization at or near surface, that's, that's what you'll probably be doing. No, no use to spend high, a lot of money on the, on the deep stuff, I suppose, for now, right? You've got it, and, and that's what we've been doing. Most of the drilling has been shallow. We've had a very, very good success rate uh, to date. Uh, we've issued about uh, maybe 23 holes uh, so far. They've all hit gold mineralization. Um, every hole that we've put into the system thus far has hit gold mineralization. Um, and it's really, it's remarkable continuity when you think about it. It's a relatively, um, a relatively new project uh, from the, the perspective of this district. And we keep hitting on the drilling that we're doing. So inevitably, as you continue the exploration process, you, you, you're bound to get some holes that don't have gold in them. But thus far, um, we've been generating very good results, like 10 meters of 16 grams uh, was a very nice number that we came up recently. But we keep getting uh, these sort of one to three meter wide zones of high grade mineralization, which is exactly what you look for in this district. So, so far, very good. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned in an email to me the hinge zone. Uh, talk to us about the hinge zone. Is that that contact zone that you were referring to a minute ago or so? Or is or yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, what you see on our project is that main contact that we've been drilling, it actually folds back on itself. So it'd be like if you laid out a book on a table mm-hmm. and you laid it flat. So open the book to the middle and lay it out on the table. And then uh-huh. you have the full length 
the full length of book from one end of the cover to the other. Now, if you folded the book back in half, the cover would repeat itself, right? Like almost mm-hmm. like a really attenuated letter C or letter U. That's really uh-huh. what we have on the project. That main contact, it's folded around just like that. But at that point where it folds, where it goes around the corner, uh, in most of the deposits in this area that have those types of geometries, you get increased grades and increased width. And, uh, and it's very attractive mineralization. So some of the work that we did earlier on, and we have a couple of drill holes that are already uh, published publicly. Uh, when, when we drilled this hinge of the mineralization, we were seeing its high temperature alteration, like you see in the, the main Red Lake uh, gold mine, and very uh-huh. good gold grades, visible gold. Uh, we're getting material that's in those of up to 17, uh, 17 grams, some higher-grade mm. stuff that's uh, over an ounce. Uh, you know, and it's very attractive. So it's the kind of target as we proceed with the, the next uh, 5,000 meters of drilling, uh, which will be completed before you know, the fall, that uh, we really look forward to testing. Because when you see that kind of concentration of gold on your project, um, it really shows the potential uh, through the parallels of other successful producers in the district. And it's exactly what we're seeing right now. Oh, it's really uh, really exciting. There's just a couple of minutes left. I, a couple of quick questions I'd like to make sure we get answered. I believe you're well-financed. You're, you're okay through, the, through this drill season. Uh, yep. uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, I also would like to know who owns your stock. You have, as I mentioned, just so few shares outstanding. Uh, are they fairly tightly held by management, or, or who owns them? Yeah, about uh, between a quarter and a third of the company is owned by management, uh, friends and, and close affiliates, family, uh, those. Um, but there's only 23 million shares out. So um, it's actually, I find when you have such a tight structure, it's good to have a bit of float and distribution so that there's some trading going on in the stock. And mm-hmm. we do average, um, you know, we do average under, well, it's under 100,000 100, shares a day, but the stock does trade. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is very tightly held. We'd very much like to keep it that way going forward. Um, we had some good participation from some uh, U.S.-based groups, some small gold funds uh, that are also mm-hmm. shareholders in the stock. Um, so it's tightly held, and uh, we really are, I hate to say it, but a little bit paranoid about ownership and structure because wow. we want to make sure with the kind of system that we're on, with the gold uh, results that we're generating and the lack of royalty overhangs and other things, there's a real opportunity here through the discovery process to accrete a lot of value for those shareholders. So um, as you said, we're completely funded. Um, the work that we're doing now, we won't need to go back to the market uh, anytime soon. Uh, we'll complete the current drill program uh, well within budget. We're actually finding... Uh, that we're coming in under budget and and faster hmm. than we thought uh, with the work that we're doing, which is not wonderful. You get to stay very often in our business. Oh, wonderful! Well, one uh, last question yet with regard you have you do have another project that looks pretty interesting, actually, the West Madsen project yeah. that is next door to the Pure Gold Mining. Uh, that's Pure Gold Mining's uh, Madsen property. Uh, what are you doing yeah. with that now? Well, the um, pure gold right now is drilling very aggressively uh, within about a kilometer to a kilometer and a half of our claim boundary at West Madsen. They're hitting very good gold results near surface within a structural corridor that they're very excited about. And I think uh, from our perspective, the more of that drilling that they do and the more that they keep working towards our claim boundary, the happier that we are. Um, We did a high-resolution geophysical survey, and we see uh, these structural trends that cross our project. We've done 
done a bit of prospecting. Uh, we have some gold that we've reported there. There's more prospecting going on right now. Um, I'd really like to see how the pure gold work progresses towards our boundary, and we're permitted to do further work on that project when the time is right. We're so excited with oh, what we see at Dix Lake that, that, that that's been the main focus of the drill work that we've had so far. But West Madsen can really benefit from the work that our neighbors are doing as well. Very good. Excellent. Very exciting story, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us. I will keep our eyes on the drill results and, uh, and, and look forward to talking about them on our show in the future. Thank you so much for being with us again. Thanks All right, folks. Much, okay, thank you, Chris. We'll look forward yeah. to the news coming out. Well, folks, we do have to go to break now. Don't go away. Andrew McGuire will be with me. He thinks the Chinese may have something to do with the recent gold price weakness. So uh, we'll hear what Andrew has to say, and he also has some ideas about how you can protect yourself uh, from the increasing risks in the banking industry. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Andrew McGuire. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under NVO. Its flagship assets are located in the Karatha region of Western Australia, where they are currently drilling and trenching their Purdy's reward project. In addition, Novo has partnered with Sumitomo Mining Corporation to advance its Beaton's Creek Gold project toward production. With over $70 million in cash and strong shareholder support from the likes of Kirkland Lake Gold, Novo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Andrew McGuire. Andrew sits on the advisory board of the uh, Allocated Bullion Exchange, uh, and he's a consultant and advisor to many different uh, international hedge fund managers, bullion banks, directors, metal traders globally, all of whom rely on his highly recognized field of uh, expertise in in the markets, and so we're really pleased and privileged to have Uh, Andrew with us again. Thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Jay, it's great to be with you again. Always good to have you with me, uh, although I must confess that uh, you are a very accomplished uh, gold trader. I am not a trader. I'm I'm more of an investor. Uh, I I own gold. Um, I try to store some gold 
and own some instead of fiat money, which I know can be created in unlimited amounts. And I focus on gold mining companies, and I know uh, there that those guys have a real tough time of winning gold from the ground, a lot more difficult than the central bankers have in creating money out of thin air. So uh, it, I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to know which one of those currencies will hold their value, uh, and, uh, and gold will, and silver will to an extent. Uh, but starting from there, you are a trader, and you understand what's going on, the games that are played within, specifically within a paper market. If we just had a gold bullion market, and there weren't these derivative markets that are played, that are used, uh, it would be a much simpler world, wouldn't it, would it not be? Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, really coming off, especially even though you're not a trader uh, and uh, you'd be more of an investor, you have to note that the uh, you, you have to sort of wonder, why is the gold price uh, moving down at a time when really safe havens should be uh, in, in vogue? And, and so really, you know, this is, this is the thing, even though you may not be a trader, I think it's important to look uh, and the one thing that's come clear over the years, and you alluded to it just now, is that a fair and honest price for gold uh, is being has been circumvented by the ability to create limitless quanti- quantities of note undeliverable synthetic mm-hmm. gold and silver supply. And what do we do? Again, I, I know everyone's because this is the question that's been coming. Well, certainly since Monday. Um, you know, what are we seeing? And we witnessed this entire situation again this week. And this has come, though, at a price to the West. As a result is that the paper market mismatches have been capitalized on by the Mm -hmm. physical markets, which continue to suck liquidity out of the paper markets, leaving them, in my view, teetering on a dwindling supply of deliverable gold. Now, we're in the wholesale market, and we get to look at the wholesale side of this market. Now, obviously, you know, when you're sitting in the U.S. and you're looking, uh, you know, you, you know, without any disrespect, one is blinkered to what's going on in the synthetic mm-hmm. uh, COMEX markets, which to me are really just a casino operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, you know, you, it, but it's a no-brainer when you, when you look and dig down. I won't even get into the major detail, but out of the 600 tons of gold cleared every single day in London, there's uh-huh. only a tiny three to five tons ever get physically delivered. And that is to do with exactly the, 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 um, what you're just talking about, which is the, uh, the miners you're invested in. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, there's many other conduits now leaking away from this, uh, this, this legacy system, which is heavily controlled legacy system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, but really w- what we're looking at is the physical exchanges, they require a seller to already have already deposited the gold he wishes to sell. What a novel idea. And then uh, delivery is affected immediately. So, you know, not so in the price setting LBMA, Loco London or COMEX paper markets. And what this means is that the physical market traders have moved to where the physical exchanges are. And it means that the all-important lifeblood liquidity is on a one-way trip to physical exchanges such as the SGE, uh, ABX, the Allocated Bullion Exchange, which I know that we spoke about once mm-hmm. uh, when I was with you before, mm-hmm. and all of the Asian exchanges where physical traders operate, congregate, and expect the gold and silver to be on deposit in the exchange before it can be offered up for sale. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, one has to look at it in a more global view than the this sort of, um, you know, blinkered uh, 
massive US-centric view of uh, the, the, price, the price of gold and silver is set uh, in, the, in the COMEX markets, yeah, it's which a, is it's, not the case. It's a virtual market. It, it's not a real market, what we're looking at, a paper market. But I, I want to get into that more and ask you about some of the things that China's doing, some of the global movements, and, and you alluded to the, uh, the physical markets in Asia and your uh, allocated bullion exchange market as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I know that you're involved with this uh, Kinesis. I think it's called, It's a, as I understand it, a blockchain uh, product with gold attached to it, and that it's, uh, it's really meant to provide a, a means of, of uh, transactions, uh, engaging in, trans, in business and transacting business outside of the banking system. But it's one also that I understand provides some, some yield or some return uh, to people who who choose to use it. Could you talk to us a little bit about it, introduce uh, Kinesis to us, and, and tell us how we might uh, in, investigate it for our own personal use? Sure, Jay. It would be a pleasure to do so. Now, the, the, the Kinesis monetary system, and I, and I speak from 40 years' experience here, th- this is a game-changer and it's one that we've all been waiting for. And you all know that uh, my work in the past with uh, whistleblowing, dealing mm-hmm. with regulators, the lack of action or the very, very protracted, slow process to deal with the sort of evidence we were providing them even in 2011, which is only just starting to come out now. But but here's the thing. This is this is what we've been waiting for. And, been, and we figured well, gotta, there's got to be another way. We have to do this ourselves. We have to empower ourselves to take on this this corrupt system and i'm really proud to be associated with kinesis now i'm going to keep this really high level and it leaves mm-hmm. and, and leave kinesis's tom coglin uh ceo of, uh, of kinesis to come on the show at mm-hmm. some point to explain this exciting monetary system in more detail sure, sure. but mm-hmm. in in the mean, meantime I, I would encourage listeners to visit the kinesis.money website um but in a nutshell, and I'll, I'll keep it really, you know, to, to, to the point, this is a one-to-one gold and silver-backed currency that circumvents a broken banking system. Now, I see Kinesis not just providing the store of value and medium of, ex- of exchange solution that will allow the remonetizing of physical gold and silver, but it will also put an end to this seemingly eternal synthetic gold and silver wash and rinse cycles. Now, Kinesis puts the aggregated power of physical concentration back into the hands of us, the people. And why speculate in paper gold and silver when you can own real physical gold and silver and earn a perpetual multifaceted yield? Now, each of us using Kinesis becomes the solution and to play our part in ending this paper sham. Now, Everywhere we look, whether we're individuals or the largest institutional entities, we are all exposed to counterparty risk. Every financial asset we own or think we own is exposed to this counterparty risk, including the fiat currencies you've deposited as loans to the banks holding your named bank accounts. Now, there are $250 trillion of global assets that have zero intrinsic value. That includes cash, bonds, shares, paper claims on physical assets such as gold and silver included in that. But goodness me, there's even $32 trillion of M1 that has zero intrinsic value. So yes, everything we just mentioned has utility value, but zero intrinsic value. So... Um, 
as as it's all well and good if there was trust in the central planners spinning the plates for us, but mm-hmm. it's become far too obvious that the wheels are coming off this wagon. Now, as a result, we're seeing increasing efforts by individuals, fund managers, corporations, and indeed countries to hedge this risk. And there is empirical evidence that physical gold and silver is being sought and removed from the reaches of central planners who are undoubtedly themselves eyeing a gold revaluation as probably the only possible solution to reset a broken system. Now, many individuals have also lost faith in the system and are pouring billions of dollars into decentralized cryptocurrencies Mm -hmm. to escape the tendrils of these central planners. And to name just two, there's Bitcoin, Ethereum. They're just two notables. But of course, they have zero intrinsic value in the sense that they're not backed by anything solid. So extremely volatile, as we saw again today. Now, however, once again, now, as I say, these cryptocurrencies have utility value, so you cannot discount that, but they also have zero intrinsic value. They're they're a welcome alternative to the legacy banking system, but as you just mentioned a minute ago, they don't solve two of the three elements required to be a sustainable global currency. They do provide a unit of account, but fail on the two most important elements to provide a store of value and to be an efficient means of exchange. And no other gold-backed cryptocurrency defeats Gresham's law either. And the Kinesis monetary system is the only currency that addresses all the factors uh, that, that, uh, that silver and gold uh, physically backed, uh, silver and gold, uh, you know, really that avoid, or sorry, that, that factors that stop physical gold and silver acting as money. So by attaching a yield to gold and silver, mm-hmm. it incentivizes its movement as a currency and putting fully backed gold and silver on the blockchain, it enables this, this efficient means of exchange. So it's a system of individual and collective shared wealth that is diametrically opposed to the debt-based central bank to central bank Ponzi currency schemes. Now, just to, just to really show this is not an idea, this is not a white paper that's hoping to spin out down the road, mm-hmm. none, none of this would have been possible without first establishing the ABX, the Allocated Bullion Exchange. And Kinesis was born from ABX, which has a seven-year unblemished history as the world's leading electronic institutional exchange for allocated physical precious metals. And ABX has partnerships with Deutsche Borsa, government postal systems, and many, many others. And that's all um, on, on the website to be seen. Mm-hmm published mm-hmm. on, the, on the ABX website, but the Kinesis physical metal holdings will be inside the ABX secure quality assured environment and always titled to the client's name. So really just to sum it up, Kinesis simply digitizes already allocated gold and silver put on the blockchain, which is at all times fully titled to the holder so it can be safely spent, it can be sent to, to a loved one, it can be sent as, a, as a, it can be used to pay a, a bill, or, or saved as an efficient mm-hmm. way of generating a yield. Now, obviously, we're limited to, for time today, so I would encourage people to yeah. visit the kinesis.money website, look for yourself, join our Telegram group with any questions you may have. Kinesis.money is the place for people to go then, kinesis.money. It um, is indeed, so, yes. So it's allocated gold, so if I were to make a payment, uh, is, is the gold allocated and held at the allocated bullion exchange? Is that the way it works? Yes, the, it's the in physical fact, uh, gold is there, and so it would go to whoever mm-hmm. buys the gold. I mean, 
what, does the person on the other end then need to be also a member uh, of the uh, of ABX? No, no. The, no. the, the Kinesis so, currency itself will will. And in fact, that this is why it's a, quite a complex system. So yeah. I think really does suge- suggest hopping on the website. But essentially, what you're doing is really you're digitizing. Uh, it's a form of uh, a way to digitize physical gold uh, mm-hmm. into smaller manageable units on the blockchain so that it's uh, auditable and it can be spent on a Starbucks coffee with a proportional yield price on that uh, and as well or a Learjet. I mean, so really it's it's true money um, and uh, it can be used in any size and uh, you don't need to be a member. You can open up a, a mobile wallet uh, as you would at your JP Morgan bank account or whatever it is. You just mm-hmm. provide yourself a, your normal ID to open up a, a bank account and you mm-hmm. can spend, you can you can literally use this to pay your bills and mm-hmm. create a, and get a yield from spending your money or mm-hmm. even holding it. So, yeah, no, you don't have to be a member. So, you know, I'm familiar with gold money. We've had them on talking about gold money. I have uh, an account at gold money. I can buy the gold and then transfer it to my prepaid or to my, uh, to my debit, debit card, my debit MasterCard, and go and use it to buy things as I want. I don't use it usually. I just buy the gold and leave it sit there. Uh, and then my my thinking is when you know when gold becomes valuable or I need to use it I'll use it but in the meantime it's a store of value but what you're suggesting is I could do that and also get a yield while it sits somewhere in uh, at the ABX exchange. Absolutely, and I think that is again we're, we're talking about Gresham's law here. You know when you when you have the choice of a a five thousand year old store of value of gold and you have a fiat currency when you go to pay a bill which one are you going to use you're going to use your your um, your fiat currency so i think this is the only way to solve that medium of exchange which we just discussed it's all well and good to have the sprouts the gold monies and all of these many many other uh, gold backed cryptocurrencies out there but you know because it brings attention it brings a wider it throws a wider net out to people uh, to, for gold, but but as most people hoard that, and and I would hoard that, and unless I was actually incentivized to spend that and get a share of that transaction fee in perpetuity as it moved down the system, I wouldn't spend it. And so that was the key here: is to add that final component, and without. The, um, to, without having a global network of the, the ABX uh, system in place, which is seven global vaults, which are physical vaults, we aggregate a physical price uh, that is global. That is what one requires to be able to trade in literally billions of dollars of gold and silver. And um, again, we're, we're looking at uh, through our stellar, uh, stellar fork, the fork of stellar. We're looking at uh, something like three thousand odd transactions uh, per second. Mm. Uh, the gold is uh, located in one place, or is it uh, various places around the globe? It's uh, various places around the globe. Um, uh, all our seven ABX vaults. Are, well, there's eight really. There's one in Liechtenstein, which is primarily for silver, um, but there's eight global vaults for for ABX. Each one of them meets a quality assurance framework, i.e., is it audited and uh, the the. the the bullion is in the name of the client. It is not doesn't sit on the balance sheet of the ABX exchange. It doesn't sit mm-hmm. on the balance sheet of Kinesis. This mm-hmm. is uh, when when you when you send or spend 
this uh, this gold or silver as well and this is the the other uh, really exciting part uh, we've also digitized silver uh, and this when you spend this through the system uh, you're transferring that physical gold and physical silver to the next person to use and who is in- incentivized again to spend it again so it is really monetizing gold and silver all right we only have uh, my engineer tells me we only have about three minutes left i can't believe it that's all we have talk to us a little bit about you wrote a paper uh before we get started on that you wrote an article uh this last weekend is there a place where people can go to read your work um, yeah, we, well, I tend to, it, it, unfortunately, it's a subscription service because I provide that to, um, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, to, to, to my institutional clients. But, sure. uh, but, but I mean, we do, I do make public uh, uh, things all the time. So come and check on the website, and okay. uh, we, certainly do, uh, we certainly do make things public from time all right. to time. Well, well you, you wrote an article this weekend, which you were kind enough to send along to me, and I had a chance to glance at it a little bit. It looks like you're suggesting the Chinese may have some role to play in the recent weakness in the gold price. Could you talk about that a bit? Yeah, and I know we have got, left. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, look, um, to, it's a long story, but here, basically, I'll, I'll sum it up very, very quickly. Um, you know, while these commercials are taking the long side of spec selling, um, China is playing the synthetic game and, and stretching out the downside momentum by using the, the commercials' own tricks against them by gaming specs into adding supply. And currently, it's the downsloping 10-day moving averages. Now, I know you're not a trader, but, but this is what's happening here is China is vacuuming physical gold out into a one-to-one devaluing yen. Now, the carefully managed tit-for-tit yuan devaluation that's tit for tat yuan devaluation versus dollar is being masterfully capitalized on by china who as measured by swiss refinery backlogs are sucking up physical in size that will end the year uh, evidencing sge gold withdrawals to at least equal 2013 levels and possibly top record 2015 levels sge withdrawals do not account for unreported central bank inflows either Mm-hmm. So the Chinese, uh, I guess what they would be doing is, is driving the market lower by taking paper, sh- uh, getting involved in the paper short market, and then that would encourage other people to start selling gold and driving the price and making it available, and then they vacuum it out. Is that the idea? Yeah, and, and the FX peg versus the dollar is under threat. Clearly, mm-hmm. China's reopened the gold window. The mm-hmm. SGEI is the conduit for exchanging gold in yuan. This is the physical gold from the West. That's mm-hmm. the UK, the US, the Bank of International Settlements. China pays in yuan, which in turn increases the supply of yuan, converts it to gold, sourced uh-huh. out of the West. None of this gold would be allowed to exit China. This is a clear attack on US hegemony and is hoisting the West on its own petard. Yes, we're witnessing this right now. Wow. And so the petrol yuan, uh, I think you indicated you don't see that as any threat to the U.S. dollar anytime soon, though. Uh, no, we see this September expiry being rolled over to December right now. But uh-huh. nevertheless, this is just one more string in the bow. The art of war, Sun Tzu. Yeah, the art of war. It's a currency war, as many people are saying, If uh, perhaps more than hopefully not a hot war. But in any event... Uh, Very, very uh, provocative ideas and and very interesting things that you're giving us here today. Andrew, I want to thank you so much for being with us, and uh, I I hope we can have you back again sometime to to go into more depth on this and also your colleague uh, to talk a little bit more about Kinesis. It should be very interesting and uh, an opportunity I think our listeners want to know more about. So 
Thank you so much for being with us, Andrew. Uh, all the best to you, and, and again sometime soon, I hope. Well, folks, uh, that is all the time we have today, unfortunately. Um, next week, I will have uh, Dr. Benjamin Weicker, a professor of, at Franciscan University. Uh, he'll help us understand how our loss of faith in the Judeo-Christian uh, re- religion is leading America towards a dictatorship and loss of freedom. And after reading the book, Worshiping the State, How Liberalism Became Our State Religion, I just had to have Dr. Weicker on my show because I think it goes a long ways in explaining why a lot of the things are happening while we're losing a lot of the rights that were granted to us uh, back in 1776. I hope you'll be with us next week. Until then, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bonterra Resources, an advanced exploration company, is aggressively expanding its high-grade Gladiator gold deposit in Quebec, Canada. Over the last 12 months, Bonterra has raised over $60 million and has attracted strategic investors Eric Sprott, Kirkland Lake Gold, and New York-based Vanek Gold Fund. Bonterra is focused on updating its 43-101 resource in the second half of 2018 and will incorporate up to an additional 100,000 meters of drilling, where the dimensions of the Gladiator deposit have been expanded to date nearly 500%. Bonterra trades in Canada under the symbol BTR and in the U.S. under the symbol BONXF. Often referred to as one of the best teams in junior gold exploration, having discovered a 5 million ounce gold mine and sold a second company amidst discovery, the management behind Orin Resources now has a world-class exploration portfolio within Canada and Peru. Projects that give the company one of the largest direct pipelines for major discoveries globally, with one of the deepest technical teams to explore them. Entering into its third year of aggressive pursuit, Orin is expecting results from two of their major projects throughout the rest of this year. For the latest, head to orinresources.com and subscribe.